0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. God. The Word of God can transform any lives. If we open up ourselves to the ministry of the Word of God, our lives will be transformed. You know, and one of the benefits we have enjoyed in Salvation Center is God God gives us expo from time to time. He lets us know expo means exposition, you know, things to come. Amen? Uh, He gives us information about things to come. Our theme for this month is fresh start. Somebody say fresh fresh start. I believe God for a fresh start. In fact, i had been believing God since July. I said, Lord, I would like this for a birthday gift. But it didn't happen. Amen. Uh, but in August, yes. it happened. Because it's fresh start. You know, I got promoted to a scrum master lead position at my job. Yeah. I like the ringtone of it. It sounds really nice. It sounds really nice. You know, his big title, and money in the pocket. What can I say? What can I say? (laughs) So, God will start anew with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. There cannot be a fresh start until there's been a pause. If you have not taken time to pause, to review, analyze, and reflect on things, you will just find out that you keep doing the same thing the same way, and you're expecting a different outcome, and that is what they call insanity, right? So for you to really have a fresh start, a true fresh start, you need a time to pause. You pause, and during your pause, you you do a few things. Review, analyze, and reflect. Examples in scripture... Where people pause. To pause means to wait, right? You wait. You wait for what? We're going to look into it in a little bit. So in the Bible, we see that even God waits on us. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Isaiah 30 and verse 18. It says, So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. So God in heaven is waiting. For you to come to him, he's not making a move. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come. Amen. Uh, we see in Isaiah forty thirty one, the scripture actually encourages us to wait on the Lord. It says, "Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength." So if I need renewed strength, I must do what? I must wait on God. It's very important to wait. I think you get the drift this morning. Uh, Where I'm going is waiting. Somebody say waiting. Waiting. Uh, God wants us to wait on him. We see in John chapter 6, verse 16, we see the disciples of Jesus waiting for Jesus. The Bible says that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. They didn't just move on to the next thing. They waited. They waited. Waiting is difficult. If you have ever waited for anything before, you will agree with me that waiting is difficult. To wait means to, you stay where you are, you refuse to take action. The, the dictionary actually defines it this way. Let me read it to you. It said, the waiting is the action of staying where one is or delaying action until a particular time or something else happens. Amen? So I wait on God. I'm waiting for God to do certain things before I make my next move. Can I say this morning that the struggle many people have today is they are taking steps before waiting to hear from God. You know, so it's working for everybody. This is what everybody is doing. Oh, my friend did this, and they they made it. The other one did it, they made it. That one also did it, they made it. Therefore, it's time for me to do it, and I didn't make it. (laughs) I praise the Lord. Waiting is very important. Waiting is very important. Waiting is not fun. In fact, one of the feelings you get while you're waiting is a feeling of redundancy. Nothing is happening. Everything is stalling. You are just there waiting. Waiting for what exactly? It seemed like a waste of time. Amen. How many of us have ever been to the doctor's office? Yeah. You had an appointment. The appointment was for 10. And they said to you, Before, because we need to do paperwork, we want you to come... 15 minutes. So you arrive 15 minutes before the time, right? Your appointment is 10, you get there. You say, 9.45, no, I'll go real early. I'll go 9.40. Don't let me look at the doctors before they they start throwing rocks at me. (laughs) You know, you get there at 9.40, 20 minutes, and then it's 10 o'clock. You expect them to call you and say, Koye, 10 o'clock is your turn. no. It's, 9, it's 10.15, 10.30, 10.45. If you are lucky, 11 o'clock, they call you in. You know, you just get, I get so, I mean, it's one of the things that irks me so much. I'm like, what is the point of an appointment if I'm just going to come here and sit down and wait for you? Anyway, there is a purpose to waiting. And I want you to understand that this morning. There's a purpose to waiting. Waiting can be a time of preparation. David was anointed king, but he did not become king sitting on the throne, even though he was already king. As far as God was concerned, David was the king of Israel, but he did not make it to the throne until 17, no, 13 years about later. And even at that, you know, it was stage by stage, step by step. He first became king over Judah and then became king over all of Israel. What am I saying? The time of waiting is a time of preparation. You know, I've preached many sermons on King Saul relative to David. I've had many people preach about King Saul relative to David. But Saul is somebody I have empathy for. The people of Israel wanted the king. So God <laughs> said, here is Saul. No preparation. Here is Saul. He was not ready for it. So that he failed and messed up should not surprise anybody. But look at David, the training God took him through before he got to the throne. Amen? Waiting is what? It's very important. The time of waiting can be a time of preparation, a time of clarification, a time of edification, development, or a time to reset. A time to reset. A fresh start, for his fresh start to be a fresh start, he's going to follow a reset. Have you, you know, most electronic equipment, computers in particular, you know, when you're stuck, what do they tell you? Say, have you tried the reset button? And for a lot of times, you push the reset button, the computer reboots and it's working fine. Why? There's been a reset. The children of Israel, God had prepared the promised land for them, yes? Yes? So he delivered them from Egypt, and he's going to take them to the promised land. But because some people refused the reset of God, they died in the wilderness. God still kept his promise. They still made it to the promised land. But those that would not change their mind, those that would not allow God to fix what needed to be fixed in them, they didn't make it to the promised land you will make it to the promised land. The promises of God for your lives will be realized in the mighty name of Jesus. But very quickly, we don't have time to dig into all of that today. Uh, Very quickly, I want to see if if I can do it. I have five points here. Uh, Maybe I'll make it through, maybe not. Uh, Five points. What am I waiting for when I'm waiting on God? When there's a decision to be made and I'm waiting... What exactly am I waiting for? Number one, you're waiting for God's instructions. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, to every purpose, there is a time. So, there might be a call of God upon you, God might have said, okay, this is what you are going to do, but when do you want me to do it, Lord? A lot of people have information about the word, but they did not stop to ask the question about the when, about the when. Amen? So Jesus, Jesus in Matthew chapter 3 towards the end was baptized by John the Baptist. And as he came out of the water, the Bible says the heavens opened and a voice from heaven, the dove came and lighted on him and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, in whom I will peace and all of these fun things. You will think, now that even heaven has made a declaration, it's time for him to begin his ministry. Yes? Yes, because everything has been settled. No, it wasn't time yet. He still needed time for preparation. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it says, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, fasting and praying, Before he started his ministry. There is a timing to that thing that God has said is yours. A lot of people are operating outside of God's time frame and framework. What you have is true, but the question is when? Is it now? Amen. Again, we see the example of Paul. You know, Paul in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9 on the way to Damascus. The Bible says Jesus himself had to preach to Paul. Thank God for Jesus. All the people there, they judged him. Nobody wanted to preach to him. He said, this man is a wicked man. You know, there's no. He will, not, he will not listen. In fact, he will kill us if he knows we're Christians. But Paul, his life was important to God. He took Jesus himself. Jesus came down from heaven and said, Paul, what's up with you? Why are you doing this kind of thing? You know And to everybody's surprise, Paul changed his mind. Paul reset his life, and Paul became a believer, so much so that God used him to write two thoughts of the New Testament. Friends, a time of waiting is a time of waiting on God's instructions. Lord, what would you have me do next? What would you have me do next? I remember one testimony uh, Sunday, uh, Susie. Susie gave a testimony about her studying the word of God more. You know, say I find myself reading the Bibles more. The more you read the Bible, the more nuggets of wisdom you're going to get out of it. Some people think that the Bible will just flow to them by osmosis. You know, so if you hang around people that know a lot of Bible, you know, because they have a high concentration of knowledge of scriptures, it will just flow to you because it's low on your side. It doesn't work like that. You have to give time, time to study. Why is it that we we find it difficult to wait on God for instruction? Why is it that we can't trust? If God has done something before and you have another situation today, Shouldn't it be easy for us to know if he did it before he can do it again? Our memory is too short. We don't remember that. We don't remember that. Whatever it is you're going through today that is causing you to sweat, you've sweated in the past. And God has delivered you in the past. So why are you sweating again? Amen? And may I tell you that you are not alone? In Bible days, the same was true. In Psalm 106, Psalm 106, from verse 1. I read 1 and 2, then I jump and read 7 and 8, and then I jump and read verse 13. And you can follow along in the church app. It says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? Verse 7, our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by God's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot His many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against Him at the Red Sea. Even so, He saved them to defend the honor of His name and to demonstrate His mighty power. Look, somebody say God is faithful. God is very, very faithful. It's one of the things I love so much about Him. In our unfaithfulness, he remains faithful. The Bible says they they did not count as anything significant or important all the miraculous deeds that God did for them in Egypt. And in spite of that, the Bible says to defend his own name and the honor of his name. He still saw them through the Red Sea. A lot of us have not done well. Can we at least admit to him that we have not done well? Many of us have not done well. But look at God. Look at you. You know, Pastor Bode was telling us earlier that, uh, <laughs> God bless you, that was a good illustration. Never thought it or saw it like that before. He said the lions, they tited <laughs> Daniel. He was a tithe unto the Lord. He said we will not eat our tithe. Yeah. And because they refused to eat their tithe, they got all the precedents that conspired <laughs> All their wives, all their children, their cousin, and their grandma, and everybody. In fact, they ate so much, the lions could not get up afterwards. God is faithful. God is faithful. Even though we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. Let's jump very quickly to the second point. Second point. While I am waiting, what am I waiting for? Amen. Number one, we're waiting for God's instruction. Number two, we are waiting for vindication from God. You know, too many people, they want to defend themselves. They want to fight for themselves. They want to do all kinds of things. You know, by the grace of God, you know, almost 20 years that we have been doing this now, you think there was no opposition. You know, it's, ah, it's a church. No, don't let's fight them. <laughs> Amen? No. You just have to remain focused and trust God. The people, listen, if, a, if somebody, a random person on the street, starts abusing you and insulting you, and you are answering back, I will say there's something wrong with that person. Somebody you don't know, you just say, look at you, see your big head and your fat nose, you know, and this and that. In fact, your ears are like the wings of uh, uh, F-15, <laughs> you know. And they're just saying all kinds of crap, you know. I just look at them I'm like, it's a very interesting somebody. Just walk right past. You know, it's like water off the back of the dog. It's not a big deal. But when the one you ate together, the one you dined together, begins to say mess about you then it's a different situation. Praise the Lord. And you want to defend yourself. Oh, no, it's not like that. I've learned over the years, like somebody said in a song, let them see. I don't have no explanation. They say, come and explain yourself. For what? I have no explanation. That's what you think. God help you. If you are asking a question of me, it's a different thing. But if you are accusing I just let you accuse what you're accusing. Because people that don't like you, it doesn't matter what you say. They will not like you. So explaining yourself to somebody that doesn't like you is a waste waste of time. It's a waste of time. When I'm waiting on God, I'm not praying, let them fall down and die. That's the prayer people like It just makes you feel good. Oh, Father, let fire. Fire fall and let them die. Since you have been praying fire and let them die. How many of them have died? Zero. Zero. Shouldn't that tell you something that that is a waste of your energy? Praying fall down and die. Even Jesus doesn't want them to die. You don't believe Is that God wish that men that sinners will come to the full knowledge of Christ. It doesn't want them to die in their sin. So when you are praying fall down, and die, you are praying against God. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't want any to perish. It doesn't want any to... Does that mean none will perish? No. But the desire of God is that none will perish. So when you say fall down and die, in fact, God is in heaven laughing at you. (laughs) Here we go again. Oh, my children, my children, my children. (laughs) God is in heaven and laughing. Hallelujah. God will vindicate you. Oh, I said God will vindicate you. In the name of Jesus. In the book of Esther, there is a story of a young man called Mordecai. Mordecai, they planned and schemed against him, uh, uh, Haman. He didn't explain anything. He just kept on with his life. When it came time, The Bible says God took sleep away from the king because of Mordecai. And the king couldn't sleep all night. They gave him wine. The wine did not put him to sleep. They sang for him. It did not put him to sleep. They did everything. Nothing made him sleep. Say, okay, since we're already awake, go get the book of remembrance. Let's see if there's somebody that can be honored that has not been honored. That is how Mordecai was remembered. God vindicated him. May God vindicate you. Against your distractors, God will vindicate you. In the name of Jesus. But you have to wait on God. You have to wait on God. All the scheming and the plotting, you are trying to steal people's mind and turn people's mind against other people's mind. All of those things, God has no hand in it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Remember the story of David and Saul. No matter what David did, David had opportunities to kill Saul. He refused to kill him. But that did not stop Saul from trying again to kill him. But no matter how many times he tried, he couldn't kill David. But David made up his mind. He said, I will not use my hand to tear down the anointed of the Lord. Many people, their sword is their tongue. They are tearing down the anointed of the Lord. Hallelujah." He said, "Oh no, 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 no I won't take mess from anybody and all those kind of things. Just get over it already. Amen. Romans 12 verse 19, listen to this, Romans 12:19. He said, "Dear friends, never take revenge. Can we read that together? Can we say it again? I really wanted to register. Can you say it one more time? Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. This is scripture. This is scripture. So when I'm waiting on God, I'm not waiting to get even with those that have messed with me. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 22. Proverbs 20:22. 20, he said, don't say I will get even for this wrong. You know, sometimes when I read the Bible, I'm wondering, is this really Bible? You know, what did he say? Don't say I will get even. Okay, we are, we are before God, yeah? But God is here, yeah? He said, where two or more are gathered, God is there in their presence. How many people have said I will get even before if your hand is not up, I suspect you. <laughs> it's a natural human feeling that I will get even. I will make sure you, you set them up for failure. Where you could help, you refuse to help. Just so they can know that that thing you did for me, you will taste it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number three. Number three very quickly. Uh okay. While I'm waiting, what am I waiting for? I'm waiting for God's promises. Listen to this Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Say, For all the promises of God in Christ, they are yes, and in him they are amen to the glory of God through us. What's it saying? It's saying whatever God has said is yours. You can take it to the bank any day, anytime. The only problem we have is we like fast food. We like fast food. Do it now. In fact, do it yesterday. That's how quickly we want it. We want it done by yesterday. But God will always take us through a process. Amen. Uh, we preached a sermon here talking about a uh, process, but process was not one of the points. You know, and when I was asking, so what are the points? Somebody said process, I said no, process is the use case for one of the points. But listen, Habakkuk chapter two, verse three, Habakkuk two, three. It says, This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will what be fulfilled. It will what? Be fulfilled. Whatever it is God has said about you, God is God. He's not man. You know, a man can promise you and say, I changed my mind. But once God, has, he will keep his word. He will keep his, keep his word. I would rather wait on the promises of God than wait on a man's promise. And then be haggling somebody. Oh, you promise. You promise. You promise. They have changed their mind. Just move on. Amen? Abraham patiently waited on God's promises. And the Bible says he received what God had promised. Hebrews 6.15. Abraham waited patiently and received what God has promised. Friends, I guarantee you God will not fail you. He has never failed and is not about to begin with you. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a righteous God. He is not man that he will lie. He is not the son of man that he will repent of what he has said. What he says he will do, that's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he does. does. As I wait on the Lord, what am I waiting for? As I'm waiting, what am I waiting for? We are waiting for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, there's a common saying, 100% I disagree with it. When you think about it, it kind of makes sense, but I, I'm just letting you know. This is perspective now. It say, oh, some people are so heavily focused that they are of no earthly use. I don't know a single person like that. Do you? Do you know anybody that's so heavily focused that they are of no earthly use? no. The majority of the people you know are people that are so aptly focused and they are of no heavenly use. That's the majority of people. I'm not saying they don't exist, the other one, but I don't know any. That all their focus is just heaven. Everything they are doing, heaven, 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 they don't exist, at least not in my sphere. I know people that are making effort, like myself, I'm making effort, you know, but that they are so focused on the things of God that they have neglected earthly things and themselves. There's nobody like that in this church. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and if you want to challenge me, challenge me after service. He say, oh, no, 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 pastor, that's me. I- I'm so heavenly focused. I will just ask you a couple of questions, and it will settle everything for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The church of Jesus Christ has almost forgotten that it's coming back. Many of us, the rat race of life, we are no different from unbelievers. The same way they are hustling for I want to build, I want to buy, I want to this, I want to... It's the same. We are running the same rat race. We have forgotten. Remember, in Acts, uh, Acts chapter 1, as Jesus was ascending to heaven, imagine the sorrow of the disciples. You know, I think we, we read scriptures too fast, so it doesn't allow us to get in-depth knowledge of what's been said there. So imagine these guys, 11 of them, yeah? They had been with Jesus three and a half years. Every time the Pharisees had something to say, he had stepped in and spoken on their behalf. You know, those guys, are, they were so, those disciples, they were an interesting bunch. The Bible says on the Sabbath, they went through the field, they took corn, and they, were pil- they didn't wait to roast it or boil it, they were just eating it like that. You know, and then the Pharisees and the Sadducees were like, your, your, your disciples, this, 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 and that. He stood in. He defended them. They didn't have to worry about accommodation. He fed them. He clothed them. He housed them. He defended them. He did all of that for them. Now, they are watching him go to heaven. No wonder they all went into hiding. Oh, read your scriptures. They all gathered in the upper room. They didn't didn't want to interact with anybody, you know, because their defender is gone. Their advocate is gone. It took an angel to address them, to say this this same Jesus, as you are watching him go up, is coming back the same way. Friends, if you don't know, Jesus is coming back. I guarantee it is coming back. And when he comes, that's not his second coming, he's going to come and will be suspended in the air and those that have lived for him will join him in the air and he's going to take them away. And then they will make, that will make way for the Antichrist to be revealed and tribulation. This is the truth. Jesus will come back, take his own out of the way and then seven years of horror is going to come upon the earth. So how are you living your life today? If Jesus comes now, if Jesus comes now, are you in a good place? While we're waiting, we're waiting and we're expecting that Jesus will come at any moment. It's coming back. It's coming back. The fifth point I'll connect it to this one is even God is waiting on us. God is waiting on us. You know, you, 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 if you are like me, you will have asked or thought that this question in your head. For over 2,000 years now, they've been saying, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And I'm saying it today. 2,000 years ago when the scripture was penned down, he, said, he told us, he's coming back. And I'm telling you now. Have you asked yourself why he hasn't come back? Yes. Yet is waiting for sinners to repent because he doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't want any to perish. That is why he has delayed in his coming and perhaps is waiting for you particularly. I want every, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus is coming back. And God has delayed the return of Christ because he doesn't want any to perish. Will you accept this free offer? This free offer of eternal life? This free offer of salvation? Would you consider to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because of the sacrifice he has made for you already? You don't have to pay for your sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So he's saying instead of paying for your sin, the debt of your sin, which is death, he's saying I have paid for it. But I'm offering you you eternal life. Perhaps you're here today you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You're not born again. Or perhaps you're born again. <laughs> but if he comes right now, you might not make it. You want to rededicate your life. I'd like to pray with you very quickly. I want you to come forward. Don't look at anybody was uh, the, the focus of our study in uh, workers' Meeting this morning. Stop looking at people. We hope you've been blessed by this message we encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.